Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. And that song's just got all the feels, doesn't it? All the feels. We go marching in amazing grace. When you stop and think about it today, I think our idea of heaven and Jesus is a lot like that song. Meaning that somehow we'll go marching in to a place that's far away, that we don't understand, that we can't fully grasp, that this Jesus isn't personal, when in fact, Jesus didn't just kind of like march, um, wait for us to march in. He marched right into our life. He comes down, the new heaven, new earth. He shows up in our neighborhood. He showed up in my life, my setting, my situation. And so do not believe a lie today that somehow Jesus is some far off God that you got to get all perfect for, but he's very, 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 very personal this morning. Very personal. In fact, today represents a birthday of sorts for me. Because 16 years ago, I stayed up all night at a party, and I was in this party, and it was uh, one of those kind of college meets um, advanced partying. And so I like to consider myself of the time an advanced partier, which means I was not necessarily the keg stand dude. Um, I was more like, we're going to take over the world and kind of, um, we're going to like cartel this thing, all right? And I'm in this setting, and we're smoking, drinking, and uh, I, I was in this conversation and we were talking about what does life even mean? What does God even mean? One person said, oh, I think we came from aliens. Another person said, well, there is no God. And I was like, I think there is for sure a God, and I think it's Jesus. And they were like, sure. I said, well, tonight is my last night. I'm done with this. Somebody walked by. They overheard me talking. And they, they said, you said you're done? You've been saying that for years, bro. You ain't going to be done. Come in the kitchen. Come on, come hang out. Let's go in the garage. And I remember in that moment, because addiction was so real, I was one of those functioning addicts. And I, I started moving to the, the kitchen, moved to the garage, and I'm getting ready to smoke. And I look around, and it was, uh, it was a bunch of cheap weed. So I was like, uh, this isn't too, too, uh, too tempting. And, um, <laughs> and then something in me happened, though. I remember in that moment, I looked around, I said, this is not what I'm made for. I'm not made to just kind of enjoy this life alone. I know there's something bigger. And it doesn't mean enjoying this life is wrong. It just means that where you put God in that order, if it's me, money, power, sex, if that's one, two, three, four, everything all about myself and then God, we're building it on sink and sand. And sure enough, I left that place. I walked out. I called Mount Hope Church. I said, hey, what time is service? I remembered the church because I played basketball there as a kid. And I sat up in the very top row of the balcony. And I heard about Jesus. And I remember I wept like a baby. And somebody asked, hey, do you want to go down up front? I'm like, I guess. So we walked down. Me and this little lady. She says, this is going to be the best day of your life. 
And I looked at her, thinking in my mind, Christians are so weird. <laughs> like, and then I walked in, the door opened from the balcony, and the pastor goes, we got one more. And so all 3,000 people stared at me on Easter Sunday. And I'm telling you this, though, I didn't care because I knew I was going to meet Jesus whom my soul longed for, who could set me free. And it was that day that he delivered me. And I've never been the same since. That was 16 years ago. And so to think from the back balcony row to the stage, it's only for his glory. And so Jesus is so personal to show up in my life. I hope you know he's so personal to show up in your life. Maybe you don't have a story. You think, well, that's kind of a loser's message. You were struggling. So you were a loser. I don't need that. Well, we're going to look at Apostle Paul's writing, who was the top of the top. He knew everything. He was the best at his profession. And he had an encounter with Jesus, and it transformed his life where he wanted to tell everybody about him. It's so good. It is so good. We're all looking for victory. We all want to win. We all want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, right? Like, who? everyone wanted to win the drawings. Like, oh, it's that moment. Remember, scratch out lottery tickets. You ever do those? He's like, oh, I won. And, uh, It's only winning for a moment. What Jesus provided was winning for eternity. We live forever. That's what the west side, we live forever. Come on, that's the blessed side. All right, check this out. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance, first importance, first importance. I want you to hold on to that one for a moment right now. First importance. What I also received. This is very important language. Because when you think of Jesus this morning, is it something that we have to do, get right for? Or is it a person that we receive that we couldn't earn? And what is the matter of first importance? Well, Paul's telling us that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. Because Jesus, he didn't just show up on the scene kind of, outside the realm of what had been happening. Well, actually, he's the motif. He's, he's the full climax. He's the apex of all of God's writing and how he'd been revealing the story for a really long time. So if you've ever watched movies and there's kind of layered, uh, you know, what's going to happen in the future, like the Marvel films, and it's all come into this infinity war. I got 20 tickets, IMAX, 3D. Sorry, we already got those filled, but it's going to be awesome. You can come. It's uh, opening weekend on Sunday if there's still some. But, but it's going to be incredible. Because it's the battle of all the ages. Well, what's being spoken there is that Jesus showed up in accordance with all of the writings. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Most of whom are still alive. Though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, Paul's writing about himself here. He appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Now those last sentences, you know what it's dripping with? Dripping with? Humility. It's just oozing that I can't do this on my own and I'm just grateful to be considered and be on the team. Now, maybe sometimes you can relate to be arrogant and you think you deserve something. Now, what Paul's saying is, I didn't deserve anything, but the fact that I'm on the team, this is beautiful. And so what what a different perspective as we unpack 
where we're going this morning. In this short period of time, I believe this message can transform your life if you'll let it. And so no matter where you're at in this auditorium, I pray that you would lean in. Lean in. Because this isn't some religious exercise that we're checking off a checklist because mom, grandma, or, or, or whoever we're dating told us we had to come, you know. But we're here to encounter a real living God because if not, of all people, we're to be most pitied. But if he is alive, it changes everything. And so if you're a note taker, I would say this. First things first, Jesus lives of first importance. And here's the beautiful news. All with him will live with him forever. And here's the bad news. All that deny him will live without him forever. We live forever, forever either with him or without him. It really is kind of a matter of our perspective. And it's crazy because people say there was no evidence of Jesus um, existing uh, in those moments. But there was actually some footage that we were able to find. Rayshon shared this with me on, on page today or this week. And it, it was just awesome. Check it out. Oh, Jesus, he's out the grave, y'all. Uh, life is better dancing and lancing. He destroyed the death, the sting, the pain, the shame, the brokenness. He took our hurts, our worries, and he stepped out the tomb fresh and so clean. So somebody's got to take some notes. Somebody's got to take some notes of how fly Jesus is. He's not some God off in a distance. He's a God here right today. He loves mullets. He loved braids, okay? Dude had style. So the question comes down to if Jesus did raise, was raised from the dead, well, what a bold claim. What about the nature of this claim? Now, when you see something that's worth mentioning, you want to tell people. I remember the moment when I saw Crystal. I've been married 13 years. We got five kids under nine and four boys and a girl. They're holding it down in Kid City. So everyone who's got a kid in there, make sure you give all the kids workers extra high five. And uh, if you've wanted to be a kid's worker, the today's your day, sign up on the dream team. And, um, but I wanted to tell my friends. I wanted to tell my family. I remember my mom said, I think she's the one, huh? I was like, oh yeah, I think so. For sure, for sure, for sure, right? Tell everybody because I saw something that was worth talking about. Now, the nature of God, what is so beautiful, is Jesus is intimately showing up to people. He's not saying, hey, I'm off in a distance. I'll be back every once in a while. He's come. He's like, look, I'm alive. And he wanted to breathe confidence into his people. He even shows up to Thomas, who's doubting, scared, confused, and he walks right up to him. He says, hey, touch, feel. What's so profound about that is he's not just spirit that you're touching through. He was real. And that gives us great hope that Jesus conquered the grave. Because a band of people that would go and give their lives is the greatest response to the claim that he lives. Because once they saw him, you know what they went and did? Wanted to tell everybody about it. Oh, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw. I saw Crystal, yeah, Jesus, but for me, I saw, I saw, I saw. They were so excited to share. And you know what it cost them? Their lives. To me, that is a very, very powerful witness if they're willing to die for this claim. So much so that now we're in Harry Hill, thousands of years later, we gather here because of some people that saw Jesus. And you know what Jesus said? Blessed are those that have never seen me, yet believe. I've never seen Jesus, but I can promise you I felt him. And when I compare him to any other God that ever wants to grab my attention, they all fall short because Jesus' love is so perfect and beautiful.
There's a verse that's um, really just wrecked me to the core. It's Romans 5, 8. And it says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, how we read this, I think, is like this. Um, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, so that's why God showed a little bit of love. I think it's really how we read it because we're so used to being in timeout. We're used to being in trouble. We're used to not being good enough on the job. We're used to not adding up in life. And so we think that God is just up, down. He's like, I can't wait to spank my kids. And in fact, they're not good enough, so I need to send Jesus so I can spank him too, right? That's how we see it. We think it sounds so silly, but that's, that's how we come to God. We're, we come to him sh- like filled with shame and, oh, if, I, if you just would accept me. He says, but God shows his love. When you start with the premise that God loves you, it transforms everything. And let me zoom back out. Well, if God created you and you're made in his image, every single person here, you're made in the image of God. Maybe you've never heard that. I hope today it ignites you and excites you. You're made in the image of God. Every single person here shows the full display of God's diversity, but yet we're unified in God and in Jesus. And then we distorted that plan, walked in our own path, in our own direction, but God's never stopped what he intended. He doesn't look down at us with this, with this oh, look at them. No, it's, oh, I love them. They're the greatest display of me. He spoke in existence all creation, but he formed us out of the dust and he breathed life into us that we would be image bearers. We would reflect the nature of God. And where things got a little distorted is because we wanted to just kind of walk our own path. And we started listening to the very thing he told us to rule and dominate. Now, they say that all sins are kind of, they have three pillars, money, power, or sex. And everything in our life kind of, gravitates to one of these three sins, if you will. Well, money's not bad. Power's not bad. Sex isn't bad in its proper order. And that's exactly what happened in the very beginning. We started walking our own direction, not listening to God when we were meant to put God first, be with him, and then rule and dominate the things that he's given us in life. And if not, they start to strangle us. They start to choke out the life in us. But we remember that God is a God of love this morning. I, one of my favorite passages that shows this is in Luke chapter 23. In the message articulates it so beautifully. It says, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Dividing up his clothes, they threw dice for them. The people stood there staring at Jesus and the ringleaders made faces taunting. He saved others. Let's see if he can save himself, the Messiah God, (laughs) the chosen. (laughs) They're like laughing. Here's this guy that went about doing good, stood up for women, stood up for children, stood up against all of the officials and the power and the oppression of that day. And here he hangs on the cross and people are laughing. And you know who killed him on the cross that day? It was me. It was you. It was our sin. That's super humbling. It's super hard. And we can get kind of beat down by that. But really, if we remember why he's on the cross, we start to get invited into the experience. He's there on a mission from the Father because he loves you. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. So much so that even in the moment, he's saying, Father, forgive them. What kind of God is this? How beautiful is Jesus 
as we zoom out, I think KB has a great way to unpack who Jesus is this morning. And if you've noticed, we haven't been talking about a building, have we? We haven't been talking about what you have to do to get ready for Jesus. Um, we've just been talking about how great Jesus is. Where's your stereotypes of Jesus this morning? Look, we don't play church here. And in fact, I believe anybody who you might think's playing church, that was never their intention. Methods change, and I think God's here for you today to rip down any of the walls, the barriers, to let you know that he's good, he's faithful, and that he absolutely is alive, and he's going to destroy the final enemy forever, forever, because it's already been won on the cross. Check this video out. As you notice there on my album cover, there were some images of Jesus. Uh, some may not be familiar with it, but this is actually an early painting of Jesus. There was a moment on my album that was inspired by a conversation I had with a brother on the south side of St. Petersburg who was telling me that Christianity and African uh, heritage are actually in contradiction. That as we were talking, I told him I, I love Jesus and he almost fell out of his seat. Like, why would you do something like that? Don't you know that's the white man religion? And I remember telling him, I think that that concept, you're accusing me of being the victim of white supremacy, but you don't realize that the concept that Jesus belongs to a particular race is actually the result of racial supremacy. You see, the thing is, the images that we see of Jesus all over the world are not a reflection at all of the true Jesus of the Bible. People typically reproduce Jesus in their own image. Why do we see a skinny white man in all these paintings? Because there was a skinny white man drawing it. Oftentimes, people will use that as a tool to oppress others. In reality, up till the first 600 years that Christianity existed, there were no pictures of a paler Jesus. He wasn't black, he certainly wasn't white. He was a man that existed above our racial categories, a Jewish Middle Eastern man. And as he stands before all of us, he gives salvation, not based on your color of your skin, but faith in his work. So as you see here on the ground, there's broken glass because the fact of the matter is that all our images of Christ are all broken. And the only image of Christ that we want to be seen above everything else is the us living out that image and loving our neighbor, serving his people, sharing his gospel. Though his ethnicity is important, we must realize that the power of Jesus in his saving work that transcends everyone who has abused his name. Come on. So it really won't matter um, your experiences with people who follow Jesus, though that is a point of reference, meaning that has impacted your life some way, negative or positive, and sometimes it does display the greatness and the goodness of God, but remember, we're broken people that have a perfect, beautiful Savior, but I hope that you wouldn't take the bait that would stop you to explore who Jesus is just because of who you've seen follow him. That doesn't stop you from being accountable to who Jesus is. You entered this world, God knew you, and you'll exit this world and God knows you. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, 
says the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Death. What kind of enemies have you faced in life? I think of them like a video game. You know how when you go through one level, it gets you have the end boss. You go to the next level, the end boss gets bigger. And then finally, by the end of it, in Mike Tyson's punch out, you're fighting Mike. Okay, Iron Mike, you're going at him. You need to know how to dodge. And you have this whole thing. And Mike will knock you out quick, right? When you fight Bowser in Mario, it gets harder. Okay, this is before Fortnite. I get it. But, but this is real. Someone's like, I haven't slept. And I played Fortnite all night. And others are like, what is Fortnite? Um, <laughs> so, all right, get this. There's a statistic that impacts me and it impacts you. And it's this, that 10 out of 10 Americans will eventually die. This is true. Every single one of us. You can't, fa- it is going to happen. And you know why death hurts so bad? You know why the cemetery is a place filled with so much pain? You know why? It's because in us, we know that this is not right. We're meant for something more. We're like God. We're meant to live and exist with God forever. God exists forever. He didn't make us to then die and then it just ends like that. We live and we exist forever, either with him or without him. It's that real. And so following Jesus, what it does mean is this. You have hope in those settings. And what it doesn't mean is that you need to play kumbaya and act like it doesn't hurt. It does hurt. There is pain. And there's moments when it's so difficult and you don't know what to do. It's two weeks ago doing a service for a friend of mine that had just passed. And it's like, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. He's not going to be able to see his kids. He's not going to be able to have those moments. It doesn't feel right. It was cut short. One thing I know is he had his hope in Jesus. And though he's asleep now, he'll be resurrected with him forever. And so I don't suffer as somebody without hope. I grieve as somebody with hope. It's, we're ha- all of us are hardwired for eternity. It's in us. It's in the makeup. It's just how we deal with it. When were you introduced into the enemy of death? All of our sin is how it happens. But w- for me, it was when I saw my great-grandma first get buried. And then, then that led to, in sixth grade gym class, seeing a Uh, Our starting tailback had a heart condition and he died right there in front of everybody. And then you find out a friend overdosed and then you're there and then you're in the hospital and it just kept getting more and more and more. And then somebody comes to my office and their their child was born, uh, stillborn and and they passed. There's going to be a service and and wherever you're at, I know you got a story. I I know you feel the pain. So we know that Jesus doesn't just leave us there. That's why he confirmed to his followers, look, I'm alive. The pain you feel now, look, gather up all my children because I'm coming back. Get as many people home as you can and don't listen to the God of this world. The God of this world talks like this. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Hear this this morning. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up. Wake up. You want to be woke? The best woke you can ever be is that you live forever. And you can't like put it off. Okay, God, I'll make it right later. How many of us do that? Okay, God, once I get, it's like a diet plan. God, 
Okay, just one more day of eating chips and then I'll get right. Like God is so amazing. If he really did raise from the dead, that demands all of our attention. Now, now, this isn't something you put off tomorrow. I know it's going to be hard. We've gotten ourselves in a lot of mess, haven't we? We, when you're addicted to something, that was patterns of years and abuse. To unravel that is years of new walking it out with Jesus. So wake up from your drunken stupor as it is right, and do not go on sinning. For some of you have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. And what he's meaning is, look, if you're serving God, you're fine. If you're in the world, then what are you talking about? God is love. He wants to free you. He wants to restore you. And then towards the end of the chapter, and here's where we'll close. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, you won for a moment. You, you took some of our friends. You took some of our family. You took some of our children. You, but, oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? You can see this question, the tone, Paul coming on the scene. Wait, man, Jesus is alive. Where's your sting, death? Now, if you're allergic to a bee sting, a, a sting could be fatal. But for my illustration for a second, let's all assume that no one's allergic to the bee sting. And if you get stung by a bee with a little baking soda, you know, at least that's how we did it as a kid. The stinger kind of comes out, the pain goes away, and then you're fine because you move on. Death, that's how death is meant to be. It's like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I see the sting. I see the pain. It's really difficult. But oh my goodness, this joy everlasting. Oh my goodness, this new life forever. It's not saints marching in. It's God coming here. We're going to be real, taste it, touch it, feel it, smell it. It's going to be a perishable that's sown. And then there's an imperishable, imperishable that kind of bursts this heavenly body. I mean, this is the beauty of the good news that we celebrate today. And so Easter is not a day it's not a celebration even. It's just a reminder of the ultimate celebration all the time when that dude was dancing. That's how it is all the time. When you're in Jesus, you can be free. You can be free. Because the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thank God for the next verse in 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the early church, they had a saying, it was Christus Victor. And it meant, in Latin, it meant this, that Christ is victorious. Victorious. I always think of that sample from Biggie, notorious, and I just want to replace that with victorious, victorious, victorious. You just got that on replay. Victorious. That's what it's like when you're in Jesus. Victorious over anxiety, over fear, over death, over anxiety, over fear, over death, over anxiety, over addiction. Victorious. And that's what happens. Jesus steps in and all other evil and darkness flees. Yes, he paid and justified our lives and took the wrath but he also made a mockery of all evil christus victor christ is victorious and the big word if you want to learn one today atonement to be at one in harmony with god that's what jesus did to be at one our relationships they they, they just they don't do that justice we all want that 
Jesse, how are you? Great to have you here today. God, I wish God would just move you back to Lansing. We miss you so much. But, but we're happy where you're at, too. <laughs> I love seeing new faces and same faces on Easter. See, these moments when um, you have this desire to be one with somebody, like we all want that, right? We all want to be accepted. But that God space that's in your heart will only be filled by Him. Not liquor, not lotto, not your job, not the boyfriend, not the girlfriend, but, but God. And, and Satan doesn't like when God's there. He wants to take that junk out. He does, okay? And so today, I want to give you the same opportunity I had, um, which is to just claim the victory in Jesus. To, to identify with His death in His burial. I'm done, I'm done but come up in his resurrection power. That's what baptism is. We'll be doing baptisms at the end of the month and I hope that you would get baptized. This could be your season. If we take a moment, let's take inventory in our hearts and if you're here today and you say, you know what, I want a new start. I want Jesus, I wanna claim the victory that he won. I'll never be good enough, I get it. I just wanna receive this. It's of first importance. Um, th there's power, I feel it, I know it. Uh, God's speaking me today. I, I may not understand it all, but today is my day. New start now. Uh, raise your hand. I, raise your hand. New start now. That's you. I see those hands going up. Come on, you can raise your hand confidently. Uh, Jesus died publicly for all of us, and um, and people were throwing dice while he's on the cross. And so I'm not afraid to raise my hand for Jesus. I'm not afraid to raise my hand for Jesus. I'm not afraid to raise my hand for Jesus. God, you see your children. God, you see your kids. Come on, we're just gonna pray like a family. Let's all just, let's just pray. There's no magical prayer, but this helps you communicate with your one with Jesus. Say, God, God, take my life. I take your victory. Make me brand new. Forgive me of my sins. God, I thank you that you're making me brand new. That you really are alive. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, I'm free. In Jesus' name, I'm free. In Jesus' name, I'm free. In Jesus' name, I am free. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, seal it today. Amen. 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 Friends, we're going to close in worship. If you guys would stand and join us as we sing. And then we can party. I get it. There's fun. There's food. And, and all that's great. But... But God connecting with you and God connecting with each other today, don't leave this place without meeting a friend. We want you to come back every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 1130, right here, same time. Come to church with us. Be a part of this family. Join the team. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.